Sunday night service at the East River Baptist Church. Please find your places and grab your hymnals and let's sing together unto the Lord. Exciting things going on tonight and we're looking forward to it all. Brother Jason, if you would come lead us in a good song. All right, God bless you. All right, good evening. Let's stand, take our hymnals, turn to hymn 21. Hymn 21. Thank you, Brother Jason. I appreciate that good song. All right, good again to see you tonight. Got a lot of things going on tonight, so we want to move swiftly. Tonight, we consider this to be what we call our youth night. Uh, they are playing the instruments, and they'll be conducting the services and preaching and singing for us, and so we're looking forward to, uh, to that. But I do need to make just a few announcements before we get into that. I do want to remind you. Uh, tonight that uh, tomorrow evening at 6.30, we're planning on having a meal here at the church for all of our workers. Uh, that includes nursery workers, that includes Sunday school teachers, master club, or any other part of the ministry uh, as far as you being a help or want to be a help this year. And we'll be conversing and talking about the upcoming year, the challenges that we're facing, some changes we might need to make. And so we want you to attend and certainly uh, bring uh, your uh, mate with you and uh, we want to be able to enjoy our time together, okay? And so keep in mind as well that uh, Brother Kenneth will be leaving in a week or two, and please remember to pray for him and Sister Brooke as they make those adjustments uh, as well. And if you have not yet signed up for our father-son campout, it be a good time to do so, and we're looking forward to having a great time there. All right. Now, yes, sir. Okay. Wow. Okay. All right. If you could not hear that at home, Brother Ed's son, Brian, lives in Sulphur, isn't it? Lake Charles, Sulphur area. And it, the place where he works was damaged severely by the storm, and he may not have his job, uh, and uh, they may not reopen the plant. He asked us to pray for, for uh, Brian, and I know you will. All right, any other prayer requests, announcements that I may have overlooked? Yes, sir. Okay, Sister Rebecca will be going in for biopsy tomorrow. We want to pray for her as well. All right, it's good to have Brother Ensign here with us tonight, yes. missionary to South Korea. What a blessing that is. Yes. And I'll give him a chance to greet you uh, after the, the end of the service tonight. But would you lead us in prayer, dear brother?
have asked uh, one of our young men, uh, Brother Jason Church, if he would to come up here. He's going to read to us the Word of God. We're going to start the service with our youth with a psalm. And while he's doing that, I'm going to ask our young ladies, Joanne and Audrey, that y'all get ready. There you are right there. Okay? Come on, young man. And read the Word of God. Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the man that walketh in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in the law doth he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit and his, and his season. His leaves also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but like wind driveth which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sit sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Amen. Good job. Very good job. All right, young ladies, y'all come please and get ready to sing for us. You know, when the word of God says that they admonished one another, they sang hymns and psalms and admonished one another with those psalms. So I appreciate the young man getting started off with a good psalm. Psalm 1 is a good psalm to, to memorize. Amen. Okay, ladies.
when Christ the Savior of the world is Lord and King. All right. Our first speaker is Austin. If you would come up here, young man. For the Austin Church, appreciate this young man and his parents. All right. Come right on up here, buddy. And you just honor the Lord, all right? Would you please, excuse me, would you please turn in your Bibles with me to Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6? Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. Proverbs 3, verse 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all thy heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. God has a different path in each of your lives out there. He has a different path for each of you to take, whether it be a dangerous one or a not-so-dangerous one. But God has a path and a plan for your life, and I know that he will use you for his purposes and his will. And I would like to make three points on this, on these two verses tonight. The first point I would like to make is reading your Bible and praying every day. I know a lot of the men in here have jobs that they have to get to either very, very early in the morning or very late at night, and it's very hard for them to find time to read their Bible and pray sometimes, but... If you do find a moment, just use that extra time to praise the Lord with your voice and with your happiness, and he will bless you for reading his word, and he will bless you for obeying it, too. And in Psalms, I mean, in Second Timothy 2.15, sorry, um, it says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman man if not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. What it's saying there is that we have to divide God's word very carefully because if we say the wrong thing at the wrong time, it could change everything else that we're trying to say. And the second point I like to make is singing praises unto God. God, he loves it when you sing to him, but he doesn't want you to sing because everybody else is singing. That's not, that's not why he loves it. He loves it when you sing from the bottom of your heart and from the bottom of your soul. And he wants you to sing even when everybody else isn't singing. And he wants you to sing when everybody else may be singing. But he, in all the time that you sing praises unto him, he wants you to do it with a happy heart and with joy in your heart. In Psalms 102, it says, Serve the Lord with gladness, come before his presence with singing. And I, for one, take that personally, and I try to sing out from the bottom of my soul. And then, depending on the path that God may lead you on, he may lead you to spreading the gospel. I know that our missionary friend, Brother Kenneth, who's sitting on the front row here, knows how to do that personally. And I, and we have a lot of other missionaries that do it. And they need your prayers, and you can do it too. You just got to let God call you, and if he calls you, go. In Mark sixteen fifteen, it says, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. What it's saying there is that we should preach to everyone. Not because we're a different color, not because we're maybe taller than you or shorter than you, or age, doesn't matter. Preach to them. God will bless you for it. And then... One more thing I would like to say tonight is that God has really dealt in my life, and I'm very happy for it. And I'm glad that he's also dealt with some of the other, well, I say young men, but really they're older than me. But <laughs> the other young men on this front pew, and I hope that God will speak for them very well tonight and use them in his will. And I hope that someday 
they become very good pastors or preachers or evangelists, whatever God's calling them to do, pray for them. young man. Wasn't that a blessing? I'm glad, Brother Kenneth, you and I were sitting on the front pew when he was referring to those young men, those young preachers. What a blessing. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right. Uh, Victoria and Leah, how about you girls coming on up here and singing for us tonight? But he's right. You know, of of verses that you need to hide in your heart, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 are verses that you need to hang your hat on. You trust in the Lord with all of your heart. You lean not unto your own understanding. You acknowledge him in all of your ways. And you can trust him then to direct your path. Amen. All right, young ladies, thank you all for singing for us tonight. Next young preacher tonight is Brother Nick Elsie. Brother Nick, if you would come right on. God has dealt with his heart at uh, at a camp uh, back in the summer, and he surrendered to preach, and now we want him to preach for us tonight. All right? Come on, young man. 
Please turn in your Bibles to um, Hebrews 11.1. 1. It says, Now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I don't I don't know everything about faith, but what I do know it's something we can't see and trust in God for. And in March sixth, twenty sixteen, I I had faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that He would save me from eternal death and um I want to give you the opportunity to 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 get um to faith in in the Lord to trust him as your savior. And um would you turn to Romans 10:13 And it says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you you have to have faith you need faith in the Lord to get saved. And and it says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. It doesn't it doesn't say uh it doesn't say uh um it doesn't say just a bad person or a good person. It says whosoever. That means anybody. Even if they have a bad reputation or they have a good reputation. It means everybody. And um, uh, like my dad said this morning, it's that, I think he said that, um, that no human or no person is um, born saved. No person is is righteous enough to be just to go to heaven without being without being saved and there you you always you have to have faith in the bible to know what it's talking about because if you just read the bible and you you don't you don't really get it and you don't have faith you don't have faith in it that what it says so you read it, and then you, and then you don't have faith that it that what it's saying is true. And you should have faith in the Bible to to you should have faith in the Bible to um, to understand what it's talking about. And um, you should just have faith in God. And what he's trying to direct you in a path, in the path that he wants you to go in, and you should you should have faith in him that he knows where where you're going to where you're going to end up, and like Austin is talking about that um, everybody has a path and God has a plan for the end of it, and. Um, just, you should always have faith in, in God for what he's, what he knows and what he's talking about, even if you don't understand it. And that's all. I believe Audrey's, I need you to get ready for your next song. <clears throat> you know, Brother Nick. The Word of God says that without faith, it is what, church? Impossible, Impossible to please God. Right. And he that cometh to God must believe that he is. I believe he is. I believe he is the Almighty. I do. I believe he is upon the throne. I believe that there is no other God beside him, and there is none to be compared to him. And so, Nick, I appreciate you getting up here and exhorting us to have faith in God.
our first young preacher got up and exhorted us to trust in the Lord. Have faith in God. Are you getting that message tonight from these kids? Jesus said if we had faith as a little child. Right? Amen. All right. Got a heart that's full of faith-filled helplessness And there are mountains ahead that I can't move by myself But I know when I'm weak, he's strong When I can barely breathe, there's still a song And even though it's hard right now, I'm not here on my own so when it seems it can't be done I know God is big enough I can run the race I'm called to run I know God is big enough He'll finish everything he starts Meet us right here where we are I can feel faith rising up I know God is big enough There are days when the shadows of doubt make me feel small And I'll declare that I don't stand in my strength at all Cause I won't live a day that you didn't plan Every single moment is in your hands Even if the whole world shakes You're the rock on which I stand So when it seems it can't be done I know God is big enough I can run the race I'm called to run I know God is big enough He'll finish everything he starts Meet us right here where we are I can feel faith rising up I know God is big enough Bigger than the fear that surrounds me Bigger than the chains that had bound me Bigger than the story my past could ever tell Bigger than the hurt of tomorrow Bigger than the weight and the sorrow Bigger than the lies I've told myself So when it seems it can't be done I know God is big enough I can run the race I'm called to run I know God is big enough so when it seems it can't be done I know God is big enough I can run the race I'm called to run I know God is big enough He'll finish everything he starts meet us right here where we are I can feel faith arising up I know God is big enough I know God is big enough Thank you, Sister Audrey. All right, tonight our third message will be by Brother Peter Clark. You come right on, young man. A few years ago at one of our missions conferences, God dealt with his heart about uh, the ministry. And so we're looking forward to hearing him speak tonight. All right? Come on, young man. Um, before I start, I just want to say 
I'm thankful for my parents um, who who love the Lord and serve the Lord and um, who brought me to church um, and was from foremost I would like to thank my parents for adopting me um, because if not I don't know where I would be right now um, so if you can just turn your um, Bible to Revelation chapter 2 um, I will in these verses I'll be talking about um, why in our nation and in our churches and, and even in our lives we're not seeing revival um, in verse 2 it says, I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not and has found them liars and has borne and has patience and for my name's sake has labored and is not fainted. And nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Um, a lot of times in our lives, you know, we we do all the big things we feel like we should do. We read our Bible, we go to church, we pray, um, but it's just little things that we we neglect to do. Um, and it says in verse five, "Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, repent, and do the first works, for out I will come unto thee quickly, and remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent." Um, you know, I, my first point would just be um, our heart. We have allowed our hearts to grow cold against the Savior. Um, you know, God uses His Word and our teachers and our friends to give us warnings about things that we should be doing and shouldn't be. Like I've had my parents, and I'm sure a lot of you teenagers have had your parents do the same thing. They go. They pull you aside and they go, you know. Hey, I don't want you hanging around that person because I see this in them, or I don't want you to do that because I see this. This is going. You're doing this because of that. Um, and a lot of times, I know I've done it in my life. You know, you, your parents say that and you hear it, but you don't do it. It might not seem like a big thing to you. Because, okay, you're, you're praying, you're reading your Bible. But that little thing, if you don't, if you don't listen, um, if you continue to go with this, that person and continue to do that thing, although it may seem little, um, I know Brother Rogers used this illustration. It's like when you're driving or you're walking and you, little by little, start to go off that straight path. You end up going to end up down the road further away from, from God than what you ever intended. And I believe that's what happens a lot in our spiritual life is we allow something small, minor, that doesn't seem major, but uh, that hinders us from getting closer to the Lord in our spiritual life. And um, from and I would also like to say that we've also allowed our hearts to uh, grow calloused towards sin. Um, you know, I heard this illustration one time, uh, a preacher said, you know, you watch a movie and it's got cussing and, you know, the blasphemy guy's name and he, and he said, after you watch that movie, you go, oh, that was a great movie. But he said, it's a movie that, bla- I mean, they use cussing and blasphemy guy's name, really a great movie. And, you know, a lot of times I think I believe that's what happens in our life um, and spiritually. We, uh, we allow something in our life, and then we get used to that, and we allow that to go a little, a little bit further. Oh, this is, you know, this isn't that bad. And then little by little, we allow that to just get bigger and bigger. And before we know it, we're down a path we never dreamed would have been down. Um, not only have we allowed our hearts to grow cold towards the Savior and be callous towards sin, but 
we've allowed ourselves to be content with our present state. You know, I heard this somebody say this saying, be content with what you have, but not with who you are or what you're becoming. And, you know, like um, Brother, I believe it was Brother Kenneth this morning, he mentioned that, you know, we've allowed ourselves to be content with what we are. You know, we, we don't care about, you know, getting, going closer to the Lord. We're, we're, we're just content with where, what we have and where we are. Um, we've, our nation is reaping the consequences of that and our churches and I personally have suffered from that. Um, you know, although it may, may seem minor, um, if we want to see revival in our hearts, in our country, in our churches, I believe we have to start doing those minor things that don't, don't seem like they're that big of a deal. And we have to evaluate ourselves and say, okay, what have I allowed in my life to just continue to grow and grow? I saw this illustration one time. Um, they used the, they were, it was talking about television, how, um, you know, television has gotten worse over the years. Um, I'm sure a lot of your older uh, members in here can, te- can say that's true. And it showed a picture of this family in the living room watch, uh, with the TV on, and underneath them was a pot and was there was a fire, and they and and they were just saying that you know, our fam- uh, through television, our families have are they don't realize it, but they're being consumed by the world, and they're allowing things in their mind and in their homes that uh, God clearly. Uh, talks against um, and I just want to encourage you tonight um, just to evaluate, evaluate yourself and see what is in your life that you've allowed that is hindering you from getting closer to the Lord and hindering you from having revival in, in, your, in your life and in our churches because if you get right with the Lord and you have revival, that's going to affect those around you. And then if it's your family, that your family is going to affect another family. And it's just going to spread like a wildfire. Um, but it's got to start with you. It's, you've got to say, you know, I will, will repent of this. I will take my responsibility for my actions. You can't blame on somebody else. You just got to take responsibility and say, it was my fault. It's, it's my sin, and I will stand up. I will repent. Um, and like I said, I just want to encourage you to evaluate yourself and see when in your life have you just slowly gone off God's path for your life. Thank you, young man. I appreciate that word of exhortation. I'm going to ask uh, Sam and Faith if they would to get ready to sing for us while they're doing that. I want to mention uh, something about what he said tonight, and that is he's referring to choices that we make because the key word in that passage, it says left. That is a choice. When you leave something, you are making choices to leave. And many times, our before our feet leave the church, our heart has already left. Before a man leaves his wife with his feet, his heart has already left. And so that's why the Lord says, you've left your first love. You might go through the motions, but you've left in your heart. And that's why you must consider and watch over your heart diligently. How do you do that? By what he said. You stay in the word of God. You stay in your prayer closet. You stay in fellowship with God. Stay, stay confessed up. Keep a short 
distance between you and God. I've always figured if I let somebody come between me and God, that person's closer to me, closer to God than he is to me, than I am, and I need not let anybody come between me and God. So you keep that in mind, all right? Okay, young folks, how about y'all sing for us, all right? I appreciate that, Faith and Sam. Give me Jesus. Why? Because he's enough. He's big enough. Amen. The Bible says I am complete in him. I know I may not, I look like I'm missing a few parts, but I'm complete in the Lord. Amen. All right. I'll tell you what, I appreciate these young men and for, uh, for some of them, especially for Austin. That was his first time. And I think Peter's second time. And so, but I appreciate that. And Nick's third time, something like that. So they're not used to getting up in front of folks and speaking. And they tell me that's the number one fear in the world is getting up in front of folks and speaking. But tonight I do appreciate the young man that's coming up next. Brother Brent has been with us since his early years of his life. And uh, he has been very faithful and attentive to each part of the church that he's been a part of, uh, whether it be Sunday school, master club, uh, and uh, whatever else opportunity he has had to learn and grow. Well, eventually the Lord dealt with his heart about the ministry. Uh, this past missions conference, God uh, spoke to his heart about the ministry, and and uh, was it this past one or the one before? I thought it was this past, yeah. And so, but anyway, he has been doing some teaching and preaching for us, and tonight I want him to finish off for us. So, Brother Brent, you come, dear brother. Appreciate your your parents and the good job they did with you, and I appreciate your response to them because there are some children that have good parents who have children who did not respond, and you have responded well, and you've honored them, and uh, we appreciate your desire to honor the Lord. So, you come preach to us, okay? Well, good evening, church. Before I get started, I also would like to say thank you for uh, the many prayers that you've made on behalf of me and uh, Kenzie as we got started. 
our lives together. Uh, you know, it's it's been an interesting ride because as soon as we got married, the, the world fell apart. So, uh, you know, back in March, but, you know, and and really the whole way we have literally just trusted God through every single step, uh, you know, since, you know, the wedding and even before I had made countless applications to all different types of jobs and many of them uh, never responded and also got quite a few that emailed me back, or one even called and said, sorry, we like you know what we see here, but due to COVID, we can't send you any kind of interview, or we're not taking on people and things like that. So I was like, well, you know, they control the application, but they don't control everything. So I was just, you know, Kenzie and I, we just continued in prayer and, you know, other forms of work came up for us. We were allowed to stay busy, paid all the bills, and, uh, you know, God's just been good and uh, all the time. And, uh, and so tonight, you know, I really enjoy seeing how God works with the individual people at their homes and then when we all come here, it's like God spoke to us about the same thing. This morning we heard a great message from Brother Kenneth on wilt thou be made whole from the book of John and how we're to look to Jesus Christ to be whole. And tonight we've heard messages on placing our trust in the Lord out of Proverbs chapter 3 and the book of Hebrews. And so that appears to be the thing tonight. I didn't talk to any of these uh, men and young men. They're all young. And, uh, and tonight uh, I want to talk to you about focusing on Christ as well. And so if you have your Bibles, let's go to the book of Matthew. Book of Matthew, chapter number 6. In this particular chapter of Matthew, we find ourselves halfway through what is known as the Sermon on the Mount. This is where Jesus, being followed by the multitudes, went up in the mountain and preached this sermon that, in our Bibles, takes up three chapters of the book of Matthew, chapters 5, 6, and 7. And it's really the only account in the four books of the gospel that discusses the Sermon on the Mount. There's a small portion there in the book of Luke, but primarily we come to the book of Matthew for the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus, if we look uh, there at the end of chapter 4, you know, Jesus had just called Peter and Andrew and then the two sons of Zebedee, James and John, and then the Sermon on the Mount begins, okay? So following these steps in this book, what we're seeing here that Jesus is about to do is sit down with these men that he's called and also the multitudes and lay out some fundamentals for them in terms of following me. These are some of the fundamentals, okay? And he starts off the sermon by uh, speaking on how they can be blessed. Okay, blessed are the mourn, blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall see mercy. He then goes on, and uh, let's see, speaks on how they are the salt of the earth. Now that they have been called to follow the Lord, he wants them to understand their clear responsibility and duty of following him. That is, they are to be the light that shines in the darkness. They're also to be the salt of the earth. And all these things have their own messages. I'm just trying to work through a general overflow, overview here. In the book of, in the chapter 6, he teaches them how... They are to pray. Uh, people refer to this passage in 
chapter 6, the Lord's Prayer, when really this is just the Lord teaching us how to pray, okay? This is the, uh, the makeup of the prayers. And, you know, we see phrases throughout his teachings such as, and when ye pray, okay? Therefore, implying that we're expected to pray, okay? It's not just a recommendation if we're following the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a necessity, okay? And uh, one of the ways that I try to look at this with my own self is that if I don't want to pray, then it's like saying I don't want to talk to God. And if I don't want to read His Word, if I don't want to study the Scriptures, it's like saying I don't want Him to talk to me. So, you know, if we don't want to talk to God and we don't want Him to talk to us, then what right do we have to expect Him to do a work through us? So it's a requirement, it's a necessity for us to pray, and therefore it's why He sat down with these men and told them how they are to pray. There's another common thing that we find throughout the books of the gospel is that Jesus would, in a teaching, he would then make a comparison to the Pharisees. Okay, In particular, the Pharisees like to do these things to be seen of men. Okay, I don't have the passage written down, but in one of those verses here in the four books of the gospel, it says where Jesus said, Verily, they have their reward. Okay? It doesn't sound like a very positive statement to me, Brother Lewis. It doesn't sound good at all. Okay? And so Jesus, you know, he also in these uh, passages speaks on his purpose was to fulfill the law, you know, and that was something that the Jews didn't quite have figured out because he wasn't what they were wanting. You know, and so we come to chapter 6 and verse number 19, and this will be the beginning of our text. Again, we want to look at keeping our focus on Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, it says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. So some of these men that are hearing this teaching from Christ, they just recently started following him. And so they just recently left some form of occupation. And he's wanting them to understand the necessity of placing our heart on heavenly things. Paul wrote, in one of his letters, that we are to set our affections on things above and not things of this earth. Jesus said here that, you know, don't lay up our treasures where where moth and rust will corrupt it. This rust, this moth, it's deteriorating. There's no lasting, everlasting time to it, okay? But instead, he wants us to lay up to place our heart on heavenly things, okay? It's heavenly things that are secure, things that cannot be taken from us, things that do not deteriorate, okay? In terms of... uh, I'm going to skip that. But verses 19, 19 and 20 are about placing our heart, okay? And the way we evaluate that is with verse number 21. It says, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So what is the thing that I focus my life on? You know, what, what, do, I, what do I put above my time with the Lord? We live, you know, today we live in such a, uh, a materialistic, technology-driven society. You know, and there's so many things now available to us. Okay, is it 
do we, do we tend to spend more time with these things than our time with the Lord? And Jesus is wanting us to focus on Him, put our time into Him. Okay? Then in verse number 22, the Bible says, The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. So the light of the body, when he says in verse 22, If therefore thine eye be single, I think the best way to explain that is as long as you have a single focus, a focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. James said in chapter 1, verse 8, that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And then at the end of verse 22, 4, sorry, or at the beginning, no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. We don't have two part-time jobs that the Lord wants us to occupy. He wants us to be full-time, focusing on Him, serving Him. Yes, jobs are important. I understand that. You know, paying the bills, providing the food on the table, those are things that we have to do as well. But when we let those things consume us so much that we no longer spend time with the Lord, something's got to change. Verse 25 says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought of your life. What shall ye eat, or what shall ye drink, nor yet for your body? What shall ye put on? Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? So here's Jesus with these men that he's just called. Okay, so really he's got two different audiences that he's talking to here at the same time. But both of them, if we just start with his new disciples, okay, they just left a different lifestyle, different way of life, and all that. And Jesus is telling them, don't focus on that now. Focus on me. Okay? And then over here, he has the multitudes. Okay? And he's telling them the same thing to put their focus on him, to put their faith and their trust in him. And so then to both of these audiences, these crowds, he's saying, it's almost like he's keeping in his mind that, well, these people are wondering, what are they going to do? How are they going to do it? And so then he says, take no thought for your life. And let's just read a few verses here. Behold, the, verse 26. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not. Neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? So he begins by using the illustration of his creation. I created these um, fowls of the earth, and look how I take care of them. If I take care of the animals this way, do you think I'm not capable of taking care of you? Which of you, by taking thought, verse 27, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon, in all of his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven... Shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? And that right there is a real strong question for us. Because if we start to doubt these principles, he's saying that, if I start to doubt these principles, and he's saying that I have little faith. And faith, if we don't have faith, how can we serve God? There's a passage here in the Gospels that said Jesus didn't do many works in their land because of their unbelief. There was no faith with these people. 
Verse number 30, Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is... I'm sorry, we already read that verse. Verse 31, Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. And then the verse that we all know, verse 33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And then he repeats something that he's already said. And you know when the Lord Jesus repeats something, well, number one, we should have caught it the first time he said it. But number two, if we didn't catch it the first time, we better catch it this time. Verse 34, Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought of the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. In this passage of Scripture, the Lord is telling us to not worry about the little things in our lives, but to keep our number one focus and trust in Him, and He'll take care of the rest. Kenzie and I have seen this personally in our marriage over the last few months. Time and again, I could talk for at least another hour explaining or just giving you some examples on how the Lord has been good to us. When I think of the Lord's provisions, I like to think of the book of Psalms and how David, through that long book of all those individual Psalms, giving praises to the Lord for how good the Lord was for him and how even though David had sinned, committed a sin that was so treacherous, God forgave him and God restored him and continued to be good and continued to use David. Just because I fall tomorrow doesn't mean I'm done serving the Lord. Remember the little phrase that Adrian Rogers said when Noah was in the ark. He may have fallen in the ark, but he didn't fall out of the ark. And that's dealing with eternal security, but what I want to pull from that is, yeah, he may have fallen while he was in the ark, but he had more work to do, and we saw where he did it. Okay? And so I just want to encourage us, the application of this, I suppose, would be through the times that we're living in today. You know, it just seems... It seems like uh, it's never been like this before. And it's so easy if we spend hours just watching the news, it'll start to warp our mentality some. And that's what they're trying to do, but I'm not going to get into that. But the Lord, more so now than ever, He wants us to put our faith in Him. He wants us to put our trust in Him, just like these other young men preached. It's easier said than done at times, too. But it is something mandatory of us as followers of Jesus Christ. And I just pray that we continue to keep Him our focus, the single eye that is looking at the light. Brother Roger. Thank you, Brother Brent. Very well done. Appreciate that, young man. You know, that passage there where we said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, that is prioritizing things in your life. Prioritizing things first. He wants the first part of each day, the morning. He wants that from you. He wants the first day of the week from you. And according to Proverbs 3, 9, and 10, he wants the first fruits of your giving. He wants you to put him first. And so I hope and pray that I love that what he said there about, hey, if you don't pray, obviously you don't want to talk to God. And if you don't read your Bible, obviously you don't want God talking to you. You don't have much of a relationship, do you? <laughs> You're just existing. That's no relationship. All right, now, <clears throat> as far as this part of the service is concerned in our youth, Uh, 
we'll conclude it with the reading of a passage out of Proverbs 23. And I've asked young Daniel Wise if he would to get ready to come on up here and read this for us. Come on, young man. Proverbs 23 and verses 15 through verse 25. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you. Proverbs 23, 15 through 25 says, My son, if thine heart be wise, my heart shall rejoice even mine. Yea, my reign shall rejoice. When thy lips speak right things, let not thine heart envy sinners, but be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. For surely there is an end, and thine expectation shall not be cut off. Hear thou, my son, and be wise, and guide thine heart in the way. Be not among wine-bibbers, among riotous eaters of flesh, for the drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty, and the drowsiness shall clothe a man with rags. Hearken unto thy father that begat thee, and despise not thy mother when she is old. Buy the truth, and sell it not. Also wisdom and instruction shall understanding. The father of the righteous shall greatly rejoice, and he that begatteth a wise child shall have joy of him. Thy father and thy mother shall be glad, and she that bare thee shall rejoice." Some words have ever been spoken for young folks, isn't that it right there? Wow, praise the Lord. All right, we're going to conclude this part of our service. Thank you, Daniel. You did a great job reading that, and Daniel's a hard worker around here, and I've seen him work beside his dad out here mowing and weed eating, and he is a hard-working young man. I appreciate him. <clears throat> we're going to have a word of prayer, and then we're going to do a couple of other things before we dismiss. So don't leave yet, please, if you would. But let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for these young people, uh, young persons. God, what a blessing they are to our hearts. We ask, God, that your good hand would rest upon each one of them and their families. And that, Lord, the rest of our young people in our congregation as you work in their lives. I do hope and pray, Lord, that they would have faith in you, that they would trust you. And, Lord, they would see, dear God, that you, Lord, are enough and more than enough and Lord that you can fulfill every desire and longing in their soul and in their life if they would only trust you and I pray dear God that you would continue to work at the East River Baptist Church to bring glory to yourself in Jesus name we pray amen